guys, it's Nate, and it's time for another, well, kind of bite-sized. Uh, this one's going to be a bit on the beefy side. I've got a uh, you know, friend of the show, Micah Gear Solid, and uh, you know, he's waving. You know, oh, but, hello, uh, <laughs> hello. I, I forgot there is an audio portion to this yeah. <laughs> as well. Hello, I'm here. It's he's, me, said, he's there. He's there. Uh, and then, you know, and also uh, a, a return guest. Parker's been on an episode. Um, you know, at that point in time, we we had, I think we recorded that in the living room or the the kitchen here at the house when you came out to visit mm-hmm. one time. But uh, mm-hmm. Parker, man of business. Um, if that's what you want to call me. It, Parker, international man of mystery. How about that one? I don't know. <laughs> there um, we go. Uh, but uh, we, we're we here to talk about, and I've sort of, you know, what everybody else is talking about lately. Uh, this is a little bit sort of out of the typical sort of breakdown, bite-sized wheelhouse. We don't spend a lot of time talking about current events occasionally. I think the last time, one of the last times we did something like this was actually you and me, Micah, when when sony was eerily silent it was it was sort of just like airing of grievances with sony when well, it was kind of like, the last time that microsoft did this it was right after the bethesda deal wasn't it so it was kind no, of like it was it was right was after it um it was right around the time that mlb the show came out and microsoft put it on game pass day one wasn't that roughly the same time it might have been in a, like there was a series of hammer blows at that point in time. But typically we don't talk about like current events. But this is kind of a big deal. And I think there are some like philosophical, ethical ramifications that we need to sort of take into consideration. And there's stuff in here to to think about and, and have a dialogue about um, that will hopefully be meaningful. So let's just briefly talk about what happened. Uh, basically. Microsoft is in the process of acquiring Activision. There are, you know, apparently a few narratives on how that all came to be. We're not really 100%. Uh, I've heard some different things kind of like pop pop up. Uh, but I think it probably, the, the fact that Activision is even for sale is probably due to, the, due to a lot of the, the scandal that's been surrounding the, the ABK. Right sort of label lately that a lot of that blowback, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but they had sort of, and well, that and the lack of uh, the most recent call of duty hadn't been performing too well and their stock devalue was devaluing at, at a, and I think at that point in time, like they get a little nervous and it's like, you know, one of the stories that I heard was that basically Bobby Kotick came to Phil Spencer and was like, you know what? I think I need to offload, the, you know, and I'm, I'm putting words into people's mouths, but the, the, the quick and dirty version was like, what I've heard is that Bobby came to Phil and said, I need to offload this thing. Are you guys interested? Now, Micah, you, you have a different perspective on that. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I've been, um, digging up pretty much every morsel I can on this story. Um, uh, as a lot of listeners may know, over on uh, the Reform Ga- uh, the Reform Gamers YouTube channel, I've started like a weekly news program over there, kind of recapping, you know, the major headlines of the week or whatever. And of course, this past week was all about this topic. And in doing my research, I remember I texted Logan because he he texted me something, you know, more information about it. It was the thing about Bobby Kotick and like trying to want to buy Kotaku and all that kind of stuff. 
He's like, hey, man, there's mm, more stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah, I'm on top of it. So wait, let, I'm let's like, actually, for a second. Well, well, part well, of well, the- hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Well, okay, I'll, I'll finish. Well, I was just going to so say, part anyway, of the narrative is there. Yeah, we're, we're kind of, there was are. a story okay. that came out that Bobby Kotick was actually at one point in time in sort of seeking to deal with some of the negative press. He was looking to acquire some press sites like Kotaku. Right, right. That was in, I believe, a Wall Street Journal report, which is funny that that kind of made the rounds and what I'm about to talk about did not. So I, I texted Logan the, the day it happened. I remember because he, he texted me that. And I'm like, man, there's this Jeff Grubb article going around that's saying that um, that's saying that Activision approached uh, Phil Spencer and, and Microsoft's like, hey, we, you know, are you interested in buying us? Um, I was like, and I bet you money. I, I texted him that morning. I was like, I bet you money this is going to take off in like the news head, like, like in gamers. Like people are going to believe this because people hate Bobby Kotick right now. Mm-hmm. But in the research that I did, and you can just judge for yourself, I'm just going to tell you what the, the, the three sources are. Because everyone that like on Defining Duke, Sacred Symbols, whatever, they're ta- what they're referencing is this Jeff Grubb article. And here's what it says. This is on VentureBeat. Uh, the headline is Activision Blizzard wanting to sell, so it approached Microsoft. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is how it starts. It says Activision Blizzard leadership and key ownership wanted to sell and was shopping itself around. In early November, the company brought that proposition to Microsoft. Xbox began working on the deal immediately and the details came together over the holidays. That's what it says. That's it. There's no like, I'm sure Jeff has his sources, but there's no real like details or sourcing or anything like that. So anyways, there's that. That's what everyone's running with. What I have seen is that both Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal, on the day that the news broke, reported the following. Here's Bloomberg first. Let's see here. Let me find the paragraph. Sorry. Um, okay. Said, late last year, as employee, as employees at Activision Blizzard and Chief Executive Office of Bobby Kodak were reeling from the accusations that Kodak knew of sexual harassment at the company, Let's see. Uh, a group of Microsoft Corporation senior executives suggested that Xbox head Phil Spencer check in with the embattled CEO. The goal, according to a person familiar with the matter, was to offer support to a key partner and make it clear that Microsoft had concerns about the treatment of women at Activision. Another aim to ensure that if Kodak and the board were willing to sell the company, Microsoft would be well, well positioned to make an offer. And then over on Wall Street Journal, it says, uh, sorry for all this, but this is, I feel like this is really important and people no, are yeah, overlooking yeah, yeah. it. Um, it says that, uh, says, uh, talking about all the scandal and stuff, it says that provided the catalyst for Microsoft's gaming head, Phil Spencer, to approach Mr. Kodak about a takeover soon after, according to people familiar with the matter. Deal hungry Microsoft had long been interested in Activision and had discussed a potential acquisition in the past. Some of those people said, but Mr. Kodak was cool to the idea until Microsoft offered him a graceful exit. So those are two reports coming out virtually the same time from like Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal. Like, yeah, those are like paywalled off sites, not well, and they, Jeff they probably Grubb have who a likes to run more, his mouth. They probably have a little bit more cred than Jeff Grubb. Not to- yeah, and, and, and it was really unfortunate. I'd already seen this, and this is what I was going to report on the show. And I texted Logan. I'm like, this is, this is unfortunate that, that Jeff is reporting this because this is what everyone's going to believe. 
And this is that is if you haven't noticed, there, I haven't seen anyone report the two things that I just said. Anybody. Yeah. And literally, the the one Wall Street Journal article is where that Kotaku and PC Gamer stuff comes from. So it's kind of selective, I feel like, because Bobby Kotick, everyone hates Activision and him and all this stuff. It's easy to think that, like, hey, come bail me out, Microsoft, when no, this is saying the exact opposite, that Phil approached them in this vulnerability state. Of course, it's we all know, you know kind of why it happened. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to sort of set the record straight as far as that, because I don't. There's no other sources other than Jeff Grubb saying that Activision mm-hmm. approached Microsoft. There's none. They're not out there. They all go back to the VentureBeat article. So I'm just, I kind of question that, I guess. I suppose it could be true, but um, I trust Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal over Jeff Grubb. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, they've, yeah. It, well, it's, I guess it's looking at an issue of like the, the what's the more reliable source and it's grub is he's got cred but he's kind of known as a bit of a leaker um so anyways so the acquisition i think has raised a lot of concerns um from both sides now there there is a segment of the microsoft fanboy kind of crowd that is sort of you know, for lack of a better term, rejoicing over this. I've seen a lot of like, oh, you know, Sony fanboy sad now kind of stuff. Um, and to a certain extent, hey, you know, they're not entirely wrong. This does feel like an attack because Call of Duty is one of uh, almost like, I guess, like the pillars of sony's strategy or has been like you know there's sort of this question that that comes up is like we don't sony's first party there's no first party shooters you know we have kill zone and uh what resistance and both of those have just sort of gone to the wayside and it's like well do we really need another one of those when you have call call of duty being annualized so there's some you've got some stuff like that going on um just you know and this this feels like this is a big old scoop. Now I know Phil Spencer has also come out and said that they're going to honor you know current agreements and these contracts could you know from the way from some of the things I've sort of been hearing the contracts with especially regarding Call of Duty uh, those are at least two or three years sort of set up for the future. And right. the acquisition doesn't even finalize it. Well, that's saying it gets through the SEC. It doesn't even finalize until 2023. So there's all sorts of stuff that has to happen before this. But, you know, like Rick Hogue um, from Virtual Legality, he basically did a little bit of a breakdown. And he, like, you know, I know there's been concerns with antitrust and anti-monopoly kind of actions and he's like well he's like he's like it's at best like you know and and i'm i'm sort of like this is he's like there might be some room there he is like to push some of this stuff forward he's like but it's probably it just seems like this is something that's going to go through like there there's because there's enough room there too that they're not really sort of entering into antitrust actions um but i want to talk about specifically um just some of the takes on this now 
uh, Parker, you're not super, pre- you, you are in, in, in the discord, but you're not sort of savvy there. But when this happened, I was basically posting in the discord, like calling Microsoft the evil empire. And we had what <laughs> one of our patrons, um, he, he just sort of reached out to me in, in sort of the, the patron channel. And he was like, why do you, he's like, I'm just curious. He's like, why do you keep saying this? And so, and I did have to clarify, like some of it is just hyperbole. It's just sort of me being whatever. I also come from an era where, you know, I was sort of an early, earlier on, I was a bit of a PC gamer and Microsoft did not always play nice with the PC scene period. Like they, they actually have kind of a bad rap. Um, at least they did along for a long time growing up. Um, but so there, there is like a little bit of like dirt there, but I'm just going to sort of say like my initial response is I don't like this and I don't like this for a lot of reasons. Um, and, and one of my, the, the primary sort of things that I'm concerned about is like, I have serious questions about game pass and you know, one of the things I'm, I'm concerned because I know there's always like game pass is a heck of a value game pass is it's, you know, it's the best value in gaming, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have concerns about what the model is doing to the market period. Um, you know, it's sort of like, and I think honestly with these acquisitions, this actually sort of gives Microsoft a giant lever to sort of brute force game pass into being a reality much quicker than I think they like, you know, it goes from being like, you have some stuff on there that's fairly well received to you have the most well sold game franchise in your stable. And it's a day one game pass exclusive. Like all of a sudden, like you're just, your numbers are going to just like, they're going to like shoot up. Like, even if you're still honoring your agreements with Sony, like it's like, well, you can play call of duty for free on day one, you know, brand new call of duty for free on day one. And it's like I said, it's going to, it's, it's like a brute force sort of, I don't, I keep using the word, but it's like, it's brute force leverage into just basically saying this will be a reality instead of sort of winning a slower more deliberate drawn out sort of argument because i do sort of look at like basically the way that i look at it is that sony and microsoft have and and nintendo even have two very different arguments on what gaming should look like and i think i just i i don't mind seeing those things in balance and sort of there being a tension existing there and that's why I wasn't as worried about something like the Bethesda acquisition, because I'm like, this actually sort of brings Microsoft up to a tenable position. This this gives them some clout. Now, all of a sudden, it's like with this acquisition, it's just like, this is rocket fuel. This is like steroids. This is performance enhancing drugs. This is whatever. Like this turns whatever they were doing up to 11, potentially. Like, I don't want to sort of like... You know, but it's not all bad and doom and gloom, but I kind of want to just like my initial, like I said, my, and I have a broad range of things, but like the bulk of it is like, this sort of seems like an artificial boosting of sort of their argument. Um, But I'd like to, you, you know, Parker, I'd like to sort of hear like what your initial response, when you heard this, 
and to be fair, like you are not nearly as sort of like inflammatory as I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that might come down to just a personality difference, Nate, between you and me. But I, I don't know. I think I come at it more from a you know let's wait and see kind of a mindset. I think to to the point you're talking about, like they have confirmed, you know, Phil Spencer said uh, the next couple of releases of Call of Duty are going to be available on PlayStation. So it's not going to be a true exclusive, at least until I think 2024, according to I think what I'd read earlier this evening on IGN, they confirmed through 2023, both the mainline Call of Duty and the Warzone franchises are all going to be available on on playstation platforms so it's kind of a a medium to long-term game obviously that microsoft is playing here with the acquisition they're they're not going to see the results necessarily through straight up game pass subscriptions right away but i think that you know there could certainly be an argument made that once that starts dropping you know the numbers probably won't lie and 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 you'll see that happen but you know it's going to take time for that to happen. I have other questions, I think, really um, around the the broader acquisition strategy and stuff. And, and there's some things really around Blizzard, which we haven't talked about either, that we could you know definitely get into as somebody who's kind of interested in some of the catalog of Blizzard stuff and, and where the company's headed that, that we can talk to at some point on the show. Definitely don't want to miss the opportunity to chat about them in the midst of all of this as well. But I, I think it's just something that we're going to have to wait and see you know, what happens in the short term versus the medium and, and long term, what the impacts are going to be. Well, I, I think one of the main things that people, you, you, you went ahead and brought up Blizzard, so let's go ahead and go there. Um, I think one of the main things people think of when they think of blizzards specifically, and Parker, you tell me if this is what you were thinking, is that, wow, uh, Microsoft really has a chance to kind of help these franchises along that are kind of hobbling here lately. Um, Overwatch, Diablo recently delayed. There's been development troubles for both. It's, it's been rumored. Um, and that, uh, you know, there's been a mass ex- exodus of World of Warcraft, all sorts of problems here lately with Blizzard. So I think there's a lot of hope. Uh, and just Blizzard fans, just you know, fans of, of of the brand, and and people that are, of course, you know, Microsoft fans are thinking like, hey, we can make this better than it's ever been, and you know, we're, we're kind of help them across the finish line on these games. Is that kind of where you're thinking along that? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a pivotal moment, and and time will tell. You know, which side of the the coin this ends up flipping to. I think one of the concerns that I had initially when I thought about this was. Man, I, I hope that you know now that Blizzard's been sort of under the Activision's thumb for a while, um, and then you're going to add another layer of sort of corporate bureaucracy because now they're going to report up through Microsoft as well. That they're just going to get sort of buried in corporate overlords, and you know we're just going to sort of wave goodbye. We're, we're going to look back on Blizzard similarly to the way we look back on the the glory days of Bioware and say, remember when Bioware made yeah. great games and and we loved these like really deep narrative story-driven multiple twist and turn kind of things that they put out you know in the mid 2000s and but those days are long gone you know and so my concern initially was thinking like is Blizzard at this sort of critical mass where there's just too much oversight into what they're doing between Activision and Microsoft that they slowly sort of go that way and and their best days are are behind them and I think it's an interesting thing to see really how that develops and and what kind of um properties are a priority for Microsoft and and Phil Spencer, you know, that they've, since they've had multiple things that you mentioned, Micah, that have been sort of languishing in uh, developmental purgatory for some time, and there's been a a churn on staff, you know, um, 
uh, Papa Jeff, as they called him, who was the creative director for Overwatch Left, and there was a lot of churn there as they were getting ready to even do Overwatch 2, and this is before uh, getting acquired by Microsoft and stuff. So yeah, they've, they've got a lot of issues, and, and I think you know it's one of those things where we're at sort of a critical time and a critical mass for them as a company to see whether they are able to rise from the ashes or whether they sort of get kind of tossed into the dustbin, you know, a, a, a Bioware type of scenario. I agree. I think this is a real pivotal moment. You know, was it the, the original acquisition of Activision and Blizzard coming together that kind of was like a, a bad influence on Blizzard or was it just kind of their time has come kind of like Bioware has, has come and gone, so to speak. Um, oh, and does, again, the question, does Microsoft had it, have it in them to get them back to that old, you know, that old blizzard or maybe not the old blizzard. Cause that's probably never going to happen, but something that can be, um, that fans can be proud of, I suppose. A, a re a reinvigoration, a reinvigoration of, that those those franchises and series and mm-hmm. they, there's some great i mean i've heard some really interesting ideas like uh sony has a partnership with square enix in regards to final fantasy uh 14 is it i don't know the the online final fantasies what what's it that like and so there's a partnership there i've heard some people say like what if they're like they figure out like a console version of world of warcraft and maybe clean up some of that, sort of include that into the Game Pass, in in sort of the Game Pass membership. Um, so there, there's some interesting things. I think honestly, for me personally, one of the biggest metrics in sort of like how the like I'm very much in a like kind of a holding position at this point in time. I am very much sort of I've moved into more of a wait and see. Like I don't initially i just like my gut feeling is like if you ask me how i feel about it i'm like not great but i think one of the biggest indicators for me is going to be seeing how exactly you know uh microsoft with it this acquisition treats pro you know uh projects like diablo 4 and overwatch 2 and what they do with those and if it just sort of like will this sort of be an opportunity like how how they shepherd that and how they sort of like deal with those those kind of stables is really going to be indicative for me and like like helping me to sort of firm up my position on sort of like is this a good or a bad thing i mean ultimately like i mean i have again i have a, like phil spencer seems like a really great dude and i think as long as he's at the head of some of this stuff like we're probably okay you know, he doesn't, my concern is like, what if like you get somebody who's like, uh, who is the head of Xbox before Spencer? Uh, Matrick. Uh, Matrick, Don Matrick. Don, like you get like somebody like Don Matrick or even, you know, to, to sort of like throw some shade, like Jim Ryan from, from Sony, where it just seems like <laughs> this guy is sort yeah. of out of touch with like the culture of, uh, like or the, the just the communities surrounding this stuff. So we'll see. I mean, jury's out on some of that stuff for me. Uh, one of the things I am sort of concerned though too, and I and I sort of touched on it is like for me, it always comes back to Game Pass with this acquisition. Like all of a sudden, so like now you have you're going to add all these things to Game Pass. All of a sudden, the, the ceiling for Game Pass to become not just sustainable, but profitable becomes that much higher. Maybe you needed 90 million subscribers 
before. But now that you've put these, like, yes, and I recognize there was a cash acquisition. Okay, I'm going to put a pin put a pin in everything I just said. Let's talk about the cash <laughs> acquisition thing here for a minute, folks. There's some numbers in here, and I and I was sort of talking to to Parker and Micah before we started recording. I want to explain a couple of things. Chances are everybody's seen a hundred dollars. Chances are there's a few people who's probably you've probably seen a thousand dollars. All right, a thousand thousands makes a million dollars. A thousand millions makes a billion dollars, and a thousand billions make a trillion dollars. I just want to sort of put some things into perspective here. Uh, when we're talking about sort of like the Sony versus Microsoft thing, uh, Microsoft is a company that when I did some Googling, uh, I think I read 3.5, they have a, a net value or a net worth of $3.5 trillion. Uh, Sony's was like $250 billion. Orders of magnitude here. Okay, this is not Xbox versus Sony. This is... Microsoft is sort of fighting a completely different war here. Uh, this this acquisition, I, I told these guys, actually sort of put the the it, it seems sort of flippant and sort of like almost sort of like a backhanded like sort of dismissal. But when the statements were made that Microsoft or Xbox does not really see uh, Sony or Nintendo as competition, I think that this more than this acquisition more than anything is absolutely an indicator of that. Microsoft is competing with other tech giants, people like Apple, people like, or not people, but organizations like Apple and Google and Tencent and NetEase and Alibaba, like companies that have massive, massive, massive operating, you know, and, 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 and gross values. Anyways, going back to the, the sort of like, uh, you know, Game Pass is just like one of those things I have a lot of questions about, like what it does to the consumer, how it conditions them, how it's training them. Like, and, you know, but like I said, I, I'm kind of concerned that we're already, we're going to start seeing like this sort of like, you got to feed Game Pass to keep it growing, but it's growing. So you have to keep feeding it. And like, I, I don't know. It's there's, there's a lot of questions there. Like, you know, are we going to see it sort of like turn into like Netflix where it's like, yeah, you're going to get like a gem every once in a while from game pass, but most of it's going to be like mid tier stuff that you're just kind of like, eh. Well, I, I think the thing you're, you're trying to get at Nate is, is kind of the slow influence that something like game pass can have on the market. <clears throat> and, and we're already seeing it play out. We're seeing a lot of game pass subscribers, um, wait and not, purchase games because they're like, oh, well, I'll just wait for it to come to Game Pass. Parker. I'll just wait for it to come to Game Pass. You know, and and that's <laughs> that's uh so so they're they're not buying games. They're literally waiting. Even Adam, uh, Adam uh, Sutherland. Yeah. In in our in our thread the other day, Nate was like he, he, people were like, hey y'all are y'all excited about Sifu? And Adam was like, I was wait for it to come to Game Pass. That's a PlayStation exclusive. Like that's, that's has not no Xbox release because I'll wait for it to come to Game Pass. It's like so. Don't act like Game Pass isn't conditioning us as as consumers to not buy games. Yeah. It is. Um, don't think that Apple introducing the whole ecosystem, the, the everything they did to gaming, didn't introduce the microtransaction. It did. Like th this is the influence that these sort of things have. So. When you 
when the end goal is to just get someone on Game Pass, why should quality be there as long as you got the subscription, right? Yeah. What incentive does Microsoft have to put quality on it? Now, of course, numbers will speak if numbers dip or, or whatever the case, but um, the answer is very little, you know? So, uh, you know, as long as it's on Game Pass, that's kind of the end all be all. It doesn't matter how, the, how good it is as long as I get it for free, quote unquote. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is scary and dangerous for especially a certain uh, type of game consumer. I think like you and me, old man Nate, who are like used to buying our, our game discs and you well, know, all Parker's, this sort of Parker's stuff. a pretty physical collector <laughs> as well. But he's yeah. also notoriously cheap. Um, so I, I say that just because like I'm jealous of like the, his, his yeah. patience. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I, I do, I, I agree with, uh, you know, a lot of, of what you're saying here. I, I would say just as somebody who has recently sort of dipped in in the, the next gen or now, I guess we call it current gen of Microsoft uh, ecosystem and recently sort of bought into the, the Game Pass thing after being a long time sort of Sony PlayStation guy. The, one of the benefits maybe that we're not mentioning here about Game Pass is just um you know, the ability for developers to get games in front of people that they are otherwise never going to play. And I can give numerous examples, even from my eight or nine months of playing Game Pass, where it's like, I'm never going to buy this thing, but it's on Game Pass, so I may actually check this out. And I play a game and I really like it, and now I'm sort of bought into what that studio is doing and and what they're providing. So I think it does also, it's not all bad with Game Pass. Like, I do get what you're saying, where there's this sort of, like, knee-jerk reaction of, like, well, I'm not going to buy anything anyhow. And, you know, as somebody who does like physical games and likes the physicality of consoles and that kind of a thing, I, I understand like where the concerns are. And I, I think they're somewhat well-founded, but on the other side of it, like I think there are benefits maybe that we don't always talk about or think about. And, you know, some of that may come down to really the individual deals because we've heard Phil Spencer say that there's no really uh, uniform method that they apply to getting games into Game Pass. Every every deal for games is sort of an individually curated thing based on metrics and based on conversations with the developers. So we have no real sense of like how much financial incentive you know smaller developers are getting for putting their stuff on Game Pass, if any, or maybe they're making a lot of money and it's really hard to say. But the one thing I can say for sure is that as somebody who subscribes to Game Pass, I've been a lot more open to checking out stuff in there that I never would have played otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. I want to um, explain too. I think this applies to, you know, again, I think Nate and I we we sort of game in a lot of ways. This applies to someone like me, especially because I'm a very uh, deliberate gamer with my time, especially uh, kind of the, the the time is more the currency issue, not the the dollars. Um, Game Pass is overwhelming to me. I, I simply don't have time to, to, to play everything in it. I, yeah. I want to uh, take a game and I'm going to suck the life out of it. I'm going to get you know all the trophies or achievements or whatever out of it, and and I'm going to move on to the next one. And uh, you know if it's Horizon Forbidden West and that game's seventy hours, I'm going to spend those seventy hours with it, and then I'm going to move on. I'm not going to be. Uh, I just don't have time to play everything. So I want. The, the games I do have time with to be the very, very best. Um, and so something like Game Pass, in my opinion, doesn't offer that. Um, Colin Moriarty says it all the time. Uh, the You take uh, anything on Game Pass, and it's not as good as like four or five, six games that are offered on the uh, PlayStation Plus collection, like seminal games like you know God of War, Last of Us, you know, these sorts of things. Um, those are the experiences I have, I have time for. So 
when we argue and kind of express these concerns, they're from the concern of a very specific type of gamer, which is I have very kind of limited time and I want to kind of play the very best when I have the time there, I guess. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sorry, Nate, you can no, jump no, in no, if go you ahead, have a thought there, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say, so this is this is where I kind of adopt more of the uh, the wait and see strategy, and this is where uh, the the difference in strategy long term for Sony and Microsoft is very evident. Where Sony's been at this sort of like first party exclusive game for a long time, and Microsoft sort of laughed it off, and now Microsoft is finally having to take this seriously. And so, with these titles that they're starting to drop, like whether it's Forza Horizon Five or Halo Infinite, you're starting to see some really incredibly high quality AAA titles dropping day one on game pass that are that are xbox exclusive so i mean again not to not to feed into the hysteria here but i think you could make an argument that and i think phil spencer said this at one point that his goal is to release some kind of big triple a level title along the lines of you know some of what i've just mentioned at least quarterly on game pass so i think you know we're going to see that narrative sort of start to change as these developers churn them out now it's going to take a while right games are these huge complicated super expensive things to deliver so these strategies are going to take a couple of years to come into place and it may be mid mid series x console cycle before they start to hit their stride but i think once they do and you start to get a new halo infinite or a new forza horizon 5 every couple of months i think that's going to change a lot of people's opinion on you know what there is to really engage with on that platform yeah well and that's and that's sort of you know just to, to briefly touch on it, I think that's sort of like one of the last questions is like, we have yet to see how even the Bethesda gambit has is going to play out. Um, so yeah, uh, there is like a lot of like, let's see what happens with that. Like, once they do start hitting that, like once, once a quarter sort of cadence. Um, at, at this point in time, though, just I, I think the the number I heard was like with this acquisition, Microsoft will have 32 in-house studios. Um, I think once a quarter, if you give every studio uh, like a three to four ish year sort of development cycle is really feasible. And not every one of those is going to be a slam dunk. Um, but uh you know, there have been a, a few things here. You know, I did want to talk specifically just about some strategy and sort of going forward and like looking at, because like, yes, I, I, well, let's, you, you know, it does sort of like come off like my, like I said, my initial reaction is like, no, ah, ah, like, it's like, I freak out a little bit. I'm like, bad, bad. But I do think there could potentially be some really good things to come out of this. You know, we've already talked about, like, I'm hopeful that under sort of like um, Spencer's leadership oversight, the, my, like, I'm a huge, like, I love Diablo. I have hundreds of hours invested in Diablo 3. Uh, I really want to see them like take care of that that property specifically i really enjoy overwatch i'd like to see them like i'd like to see blizzard sort of you know maybe a bit of a return to form you know that sort of reinvigoration um also i just think overall like you know i think microsoft as far as um things go doesn't have a lot of like the problems that have plagued uh the activision blizzard king communities as far as like just like the the toxic work environments the the just like the i mean the complete dude and that's 
complete mismanagement. Um, you know, one one of my frustrations is it does seem like Bobby Kodak's going to get a bit of a golden parachute. Like he's going to be able to just sort of like, it's like, I burnt the house down and I'm just going to walk away from it because Big Daddy Phil Spencer bailed me out. And there's a part of me that like <laughs> doesn't like that idea. Um, but I mean, that that stuff has to play itself out like that. That will all be played out like who knows, like maybe he'll be sued by like there'll be like a uh, some sort of like, I don't I don't know. I, we don't know what's going to how that one's going to play out. Um, it does feel like he's sort of like circumventing justice. He's not like the thing is, this is Bobby Kodak's mess, like the whole thing with Activision Blizzard, like not everything can be laid at his feet. But it definitely sounds like he at least enabled a culture that was ultimately destructive. Like, and so there's like, there's part of that. But like, I do think there are going to be some good things out of like, you know, this. Like I said, specifically, uh, you know, one of the things I've seen is like a lot of people are hopeful that maybe they'll sort of move off this yearly cycle for a new Call of Duty every year. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't really see that one happening, but what I do see is maybe like some of those studios really being given time and better resources. I do like, you know, I know that Phil Spencer has said that he wants to sort of like look at some of these smaller studios like Toys for Bob and Beanox and, you know, some of these other and say like, what are the projects that you guys really want to do as a studio team and actually enabling that he's talked about wanting to sort of like reinvigorate old Activision franchises like Tony Hawk and guitar hero and stuff like that. So I think, and again, like th there's even some issues with Phil Spencer, sort of like Phil Spencer seems like a good dude. I don't like all of like the fill to the rescue kind of crap that we're seeing, but um, like what, what are some of the, the net positives that you guys are seeing out of this? Uh, Micah, I know this might be a little hard for you, but like, what are some like, well, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, th you know, I'm just teasing on here a no, little bit, but like, no, no, what, I think what are some plenty of the good of things coming out of this that, that you see? Yeah, definitely. There are plenty of things that we already touched on some of them about how they can, you know, Blizzard. We already talked about some of that stuff just mm -hmm. a minute ago. Call of Duty. It's it's run into the ground, and they're just abandoning. The Activision is just abandoning so many other IP in favor of Call of Duty. So, like that's the obvious. Like go to like we could see. And, and to be clear, you know they they talked about all the IP that they had now and all this stuff. Like as if all that stuff's coming back, and it ain't. No, uh, but we're gonna get some cool things out of it for sure. Um, you know, so, so, so that's the obvious positive, I think, and you, you sort of touched on it, Nate, I think about the, the culture there at Activision Blizzard, I think, um, can only go up and I think Microsoft will, will, uh, do their darndest to get that to where it needs to be. Um, I think they're, they're as good as anybody to come in and kind of clean that up. I'll say, um, I think a lot of people are pointing to, and I'm kind of going in sort of rapid fire, but there are plenty of pros here. I think it could have been much worse. It could yeah. have been someone much worse than Microsoft coming around and buying AB. It could have been Tencent. Mm -hmm. It could have been 
Google or something, you know, like, oh, well, um, Google, uh, what was the service that just failed? Stadia yeah. it, it isn't a thing. So is Stadia we'll just, exclusive now for, for every year moving forward? Right. So they just buy this huge third. Like that could have happened. Yeah. That would have sucked. Um, so in those lights, like, yeah, like I'm really cool with all this, how it, how it happened. Um, so yeah, those are a few things. I think Microsoft was getting their teeth kicked in last generation. Mm. Um, and you know, that, that was, that was the meme, right? Xbox has no games. Yeah. That was the meme. And so now it's like, they, they, what did you expect them to do? They answered the the issue yeah. like, well, we don't have any games. So like we, we went and got Bethesda with a bunch of great IPs who we went and got it. So they're, they're shoring this up. They're, they're doing their, you know, they're acquiring developers here and there, you know, um, the, you know, Ninja Theory, uh, Double Fine, all these sort of things. And they're, they're shoring up that weakness. It's like, what did you expect them to do when they're getting their teeth kicked in uh, last generation and had the whole TV, 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 sports, sports, sports stuff. And, yeah, it's like this is this is natural, and and one thing I want to sort of, I think a lot of Sony people are like, this is you're you're, you're monopolizing, you're killing the competition. Sony's gonna be fine, man. Yeah. Sony's gonna be yeah. just fine. So is Nintendo too. The, the market leader, Nintendo, are gonna be fine. Um, so like it's not all doom and gloom for for Sony. I guess particular is, is the one, one to, that everyone's talking about. They're gonna be fine. They've got. Plenty, you know, they're they're going to continue their strategy. Sony is of um, you know timed exclusives, kind of paying for the like you know we'll get the Final Fantasy remake, we'll get like the upcoming Bioshock is supposedly going to be a PlayStation exclusive, things like that. Um, so they're going to be just fine. Sony is uh, so like it's 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 good competition, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit at the tail end of the conversation about what this means for like what's how Sony going to respond. Again, mm-hmm. competition is good. So it's good in that way. So there's a, a few things, just kind of nuggets of, of why I think it's good. I definitely, um, but yeah, Parker, I like, sorry, I ahead. like Sony to sort of be almost on their back foot. Like I do not think that we were hitting like the the Sony of the PS3 area, uh, PS3 era, where it's like it's going to be six hundred dollars, and you're going to get a second job, and we're going to feed you this turd sandwich, and you're going to smile and like it, you know. And <laughs> I, I. We we weren't quite that bad, but I have like sort of been frustrated because it just feels very passive. We've got Spartacus coming out, and we there's a whole lot of stuff there, and I I want to touch on that briefly. Um, but Parker, like what, like when when you look at this, what are some of the the things that you look as like being positives or boons or like just like even like sort of interesting directions, like things that we have to look forward that probably are coming directly out of this move. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at it more from a broader perspective. I mean, I do agree with a lot of the points that Micah made and, and that you're talking about, some some cultural benefits for the for the developers. Probably some folks are breathing a sigh of relief that maybe Kodak's not gone yet, but his days are numbered kind of a thing. And so there's a chance to rebuild the culture there. There's a chance to maybe just tear down some of the super toxic Call of Duty culture just at large that has sort of like plagued the gaming community and really kind of labels all gamers in a negative light because folks outside the community think that everybody is a Call of Duty bro 
right? And so there's a certain image mm-hmm. and a certain sort of like ethos that goes with being a part of that community that folks tend to buy into or, or believe into. And so there's maybe a chance to change the narrative there. Um, but I mean, I think it's going to be just interesting to see how it plays out. Um, like there's there's two very different strategies here. And I do agree with Micah. Sony's, Sony's going to be just fine. They're, they're charting their own course in the same way that Microsoft is. And Microsoft is all about software solutions and their, their answers don't come necessarily through super innovative hardware, although I do love my Elite Wireless 2 controller. That is a great piece of hardware, but most of what they're innovating on is the software side, whether it's um, you know stuff like, obviously, Game Pass, which is like a software delivery platform, which is you know brilliant in its own way, but um, you know I'm thinking of things like Quick Resume, um, stuff like that, or even Smart Delivery, which Sony honestly doesn't have an answer for, like trying to figure out how to get the right thing to play on your yes. new PS5 and not get the PS4 version. Like Microsoft's already figured that out and figured that out a while ago, and they're they're way ahead of Sony on this, you know. So they're they're bringing innovation, but it's more in terms of software. Whereas I see Sony, Sony is brilliant at making really clever uh, hardware to to deliver a certain experience, right? And like you can even see that in the differences of the controllers they make. Like Sony's controller is the Dual Sense because they're about this sensory experience. They're about the physicality and the tactile nature of gaming and that's why they're releasing a PSVR 2 you know hopefully here soon and so you're just seeing these sort of like really interesting um, ideas and philosophies of gaming sort of start to diverge in in big ways moving forward and I think as the PSVR 2 comes out and as Microsoft continues to iterate on some of their software ideas you're going to see those paths diverge more dramatically but I think it means more diversity and more interesting perspectives and, and more new experiences that are going to come for all of us so I'm just I'm in favor of good competition and I'm in favor of just um, you know, watching watching how this plays out and not getting too caught up in the sort of angst of the moment, but um, seeing how you know Sony can can respond, but also continue to sort of stick to their guns with their long term strategy. Yeah, if I can add real quick, uh, real, real, real quick, Nate. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the 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 frustrations for someone like you and I, uh, kind of going back to the what you're talking about, brute force, Nate is that people like you and I feel like Microsoft hasn't earned their portfolio. They've, they've bought it all, you know, um, even things like, you know, gears and halo were like, were they didn't home grow those. Bungie happened to be making that. And then they like, Hey, yeah, put that on our platform, you know, and yeah. like gear, you know, uh, Epic happened to be making gears. Like, yeah, put, put that on our platform, you know, they didn't, they haven't homegrown anything like a, a Mario or a Donkey Kong or a, you know, um, Uncharted, for lack of a better franchise on the Sony side, uh, they they don't do that. They just buy stuff. And so the, I think there's pessimism in people like you and I where we're like, okay, we're still kind of waiting for them to deliver on this promise that they can make good games. Yeah. You know, 343 Industries uh, with Halo franchise or whatever. You know, Halo Infinite is quite good. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not dogging it, but I, it, they, they still have to prove it. Yeah. You know, with with all the they got a lot of studios now, a lot to manage, and so the, I think there's natural pessimism to say like, okay, you brought in this this uh, this whole swath of of, of IP, are you going to squander it like um like you like you did Halo? I say squander. I'm putting this in quotes for people who can't see squandered Halo. I'm talking about f- four and five compared to what Bungie did with Halo. I guess. Yeah. Um. 
like, what are you going to do with those IP? Are you going to make them great? Or, or so I think there's a pessimism there that they, they haven't earned anything there as far as like, well, what have you actually built homegrown yourself that you didn't buy? They do Microsoft? just f- feel very much like this sort of like the frat boy bro who the trust fund baby, who's just like going to like buy his way into the, like this, the scene. You know, but, but, like, but with all that said, if I can yeah. put a, a bow on what I was saying, with all that said, they're, they're as primed as ever to deliver on that promise yeah. now. Um, I, I've spoken in the past about, I, I used to kid with my buddies who used to watch E3 with, I would watch like kind of the, the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One era of Microsoft E3 press conferences. And I'm like, yep, that was a really Microsoft E press conference and nothing really exciting. And, uh, I, I think they can change that now. I, I think they have the teams and if they manage it right and, and let them work, kind of get out of their way is kind of what I'm saying. Uh, they can start producing, you know, sort of these, you know, the, these seminal titles that these really, truly seminal titles that they have created themselves, hmm. you know, not something that has just some fall in their lap or they bought or whatever. So I think that's where some of the trepidation comes when you see that they're sucking up Bethesda and sucking up Activision. It's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with them? You got to prove it still. So, so that there's the worry there, the, the the pessimism for someone like you and I, Nate. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, like, I definitely have like questions about like how how are they going to manage these? Like, again, we we still haven't even like the Bethesda acquisition hasn't even borne fruit yet. So there's there's questions there. It's like how how are you guys going to manage this? Like, what what is this going to yield? Um, but I think you know we're sort of like we're we're starting to push up against an hour here. And so I, I want to start landing the plane. I do. We sort of touched on it briefly or it kind of got mentioned, but I think we, we need to ask like Mike at one point in time when you and I were talking about this, you know, you asked me the question, you know, what should Sony's response be? And, and I think Parker, you and I might've talked a little bit about this. Um, but like, I have an answer for that, that question now. And the more, and I, I, it took me a while to think about this, but I've heard people talking about like, they really need to come out and sort of like hit back. They need to sort of like I, the last thing I think Sony needs to do is sort of try to enter into an acquisition arms race here. Like, let's just, I'm going to say that's a terrible idea. Don't do it. In fact, I think what you ought to do is take what you have at this point in time, maybe partner up. One thing I would just like a sort of an idea I had is like, because they are absolutely missing like a high quality first person shooter um either find again those strategic partnerships and get somebody to make you like a really like killer socom resistance you know kill zone sort of reboot something that's actually going to sort of put you into that so that so that you're not completely dependent on call of duty to sort of like bring in sort of that bro shooter crowd a little bit because that's an important demo like that's an important market there's they may not be our favorite people sometimes but they are a very large consumer base um i think but more than anything my like if 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 i'm at the helm of of sony in this time i'm like we we double down we make the best games we period we make the best games we look for the the really innovative stuff the really creative stuff the really sort of expressive sort of like cutting edge you know i i talked about like you know we've we've talked about shadow classes is like i think all three of us like parker you you're a fan of shadow as well (laughs) yeah like it's probably 
one of our favorite games because it's just there's so many like artistically there there's so many cool things going on with that game as far as like especially when you look at the era like the the minimalism the in the design the 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 sort of the very sort of immersive almost like passive storytelling like i know that's but it's like there's so many things that, like i want to really see them and like see them push into that and sort of find those games that like 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 right now they're they're doing these really like gorgeous narrative third person action adventure things and it's like hey do more of that that's that's fine too but also like really dip into like elevate the form like i think we're like game pa- like xbox's sort of strategy is like we want our games everybody play our games wherever they're at and i think sony needs to say like no you come to us because this is a boutique thing like this is going to be the we're going to offer games that are going to like rock you like that you're going to walk away from and it's they're they're going to like leave a dent in your psyche <laughs> you know it's like you're, it, we're going to like you know we're going to give you these top shelf experiences like even with spartacus like do not like and i like some people are going to get really mad do not do not do not take your first party stuff and day and date day one it on on spartacus do not do that because i think one of the things that it does is it actually undervalues like it, it sort of helps to devalue or undermine like i'm saying like hey put like your your older more established first party stuff into sort of that queue like for those people like give people access to that but like i really think they need to sort of like you know even even like the 70 dollar price tag like earn that premium make these games like say like like we have the coolest machine we have some of the coolest tech we also have the coolest games like we have games that the people over at microsoft aren't even thinking about like the people over in those like like dig down drill hard into that like press into that creative gene like really cultivate that i think psvr2 we're going to see some of that you know hopefully we're going to really see them sort of like dip into that more sort of experimental sort of again but you know that that would be like i'm saying like because i think like here's the thing you you get into like a bidding war or an arms race with, with arms race with microsoft you're going to lose because their war chest yeah. is bigger than you like their their war chest is bigger than you as a company. They're just going to be able to spend more money. They're going to be able to throw more money at stuff. They're going to be able to outbuy you. They're going to be able to outspend you. You don't win by fighting that. Like you know, in some ways, Game Pass was Microsoft rewriting the rules of conflict. Right? You don't play their game. You say you double down on the things that make you really like makes Sony one of the industry leaders for Nintendo. Honestly, like Nintendo's going to Nintendo. Nintendo's not going anywhere. But Mario Kart sells Mario Kart sells is like sells more copies than anything freaking Sony or Microsoft has ever published. So, like I'm not like oh, factually Mario Kart I I saw the numbers the other day it was like 36 38 million sold for Mario Kart and uh, Xbox just said they had 25 million subscribers. So, well, there you go. It's more than Game Pass. Yeah, it's like dude, like <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm just saying like the, the one thing I went Nintendo I, and this is like they're just they're probably not going to do it. Just clean up your stinking online Nintendo. That's all I want. That's all I want you to do is make that thing not suck. And they said 
no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so sort of like, you know, now that I've told you, like giving you guys like what sort of, I think like looking for what's like, I think Sony and Nintendo's response ought to be or how this ought to change things. Like we don't know anything about Spartacus. Um, but like, what do you guys, you know, Parker, what, what do you think sort of like, if, if you're in the helm, like, you know, again, I'll ask it this way. If you're sort of at the helm of Sony and like this comes across your table or your desk and you're like, they're like, we need to respond. What do you think like the, the philosophy sort of going forward ought to be like, you know, if you're looking at it? I think to me, it would be like a combination. One, it's like the market seems to be begging you to come up with an answer to Game Pass, which you don't have. So you're your hand is being forced a little bit by this because the drum beat's just going to get louder and louder with every acquisition Microsoft makes and this one being sort of the the ultimate acquisition, right? That drum beat is only going to get louder. The Xbox fanboys are going to be circling the wagons and and just biding their time on on Sony's slow inevitable death, but so I think that like this is part of that response is like we have to come up with something, but I don't think it's like we just clone Game Pass. I think you look at the DNA of Sony and you try to determine like what is a truly Sony-centric thing that maybe has some of the features of Game Pass, but isn't just a, a Netflix service for games. And, and how do we make it different and how do we integrate it across our platforms and across our broader strategy? And, you know, I think... You said, like, whatever you do, don't release your titles day one on on there for free. I, I don't know. But I would say, like, it, it could be really interesting if you've got this conversation about VR. And I think, like, some of the technical limitations with VR being lifted potentially in the next generation where you're talking about 4K resolutions, HDR for each eye, minimal cables, better motion tracking and stuff like that, you've got an opportunity to create these incredible VR experiences. And so having something like that tied into your subscription service as well is sort of like an enhancement of all offerings across the board. And I think something like VR tying into the offering would make sense for, for Sony as well because it's a differentiator from Game Pass. It's not just a game service, it's an experience service at that point. And so they could market it in this way and, and challenge Game Pass because they're providing something that's similar but also provides something that Game Pass can't give you. Um, I, I like what you, you got me thinking there, Parker, because when you said like people have been waiting like for, for Sony to have their answer to Game Pass and it's funny because I was like, well, they ha- I mean, technically it exists. It's PS now. So what I was thinking was, what are they waiting for? Like, wh- what's the answer, I guess? And I was like, well, what is it about Game Pass? that P- It's the day one releases, I think, isn't it? Like, like, what is it that separates, I guess, Game Pass from PlayStation now? Um. So, 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 so I think it's that day when release stuff, but they can't do that. They can't go toe to toe with Microsoft and that sort of stuff. I don't think. Um, so I think you hit the nail on the head pretty, pretty good Parker with, with, with what you're talking about outlining, like focusing on your, have a value proposition, kind of like the PlayStation plus collection, but um, something, I don't know what doesn't have to be some subscription service or something, some value proposition. We are like, Oh, Okay, I see what you got there, Sony. Okay, I see what you did there. It, where it's enticing. It, it it makes me think, oh, I'm going to put my money over here as opposed to over there. That, that's all they have to do. Um, what that is, how that looks, I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I, I don't want PlayStation Game Pass. I don't want that, personally, at least. 
Um, so, so I'm not sure what it is per se. I, I like what you said about you know leaning into the strings with the VR and stuff, and maybe having some sort of offering there. Um, but I, I don't know exactly what it is. And, and, and real quick, Nate, well, one th- a quick thing on something you said earlier about shoring up the the now missing first person shooter thing. Something that we forgot about when we were talking the other day on the phone. Um, Gorilla is almost certainly coming out with a first person shooter after Horizon mm. uh, because they they hired that um, Rainbow Six Siege director yeah. like two yeah. and a half years ago who you just don't bring someone like that on board unless you're making an FPS. Um, so I think they actually have uh, an answer that I don't know if it's going to be Killzone or whatever, but um, they got something brewing, I think, after Horizon in the first person shooter genre over there at Gorilla. Uh, but um, yeah, just keep leaning into the 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 quality. Like like yeah, this is the you will pay seventy dollars for our games kind of mantra. As far as like, um, these are boutique experiences you're only going to get on PlayStation. Um, God of War Ragnarok is going to be excellent. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is going to be excellent. It, it, that sort of stuff. If those games start slipping in quality, I think there's a problem there for Sony. I think they got a big problem. Um, so they got to keep that quality bar high. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, um, it's somewhere along those lines of, of what Parker was saying with sort of, you know, combining their strings and stuff like that. But then, yeah, they got to They got to keep that yeah. quality bar high for sure. Yeah. It's just, I, I think it's going to be just sort of an interesting next couple of years. I, I think it's, it's going to be like, as I, I do tend to be a little bit more mercenary. Like I have, over the last couple of years moved more. I mean, cause Parker, when you and I first met, I was actually a fairly staunch 360 sort of like, I was very, very firmly in the 360 camp and you were, you know, kind of like tempting me with the PS3. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not touching that dark magic, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and I, you know, so it's like, you know, my, my loyalties, I can be like, I've, I've said it before. I can be a little bit mercenary, but I think over the last couple of years, like Sony has really sort of like won me over because it's just been a consistent level of quality in, in the games that they, they, they offer. And yeah, I just, yeah, it's uh, like the specifics are tough. Yeah. I, because I I do think they need to have like some sort of answer to game pass, like that's compelling. I think I think the other thing too is like Microsoft is kind of overwhelming the headlines with all these sort of consumer friendly things or perceived to be consumer friendly things. I mean, a lot of the backwards compatibility stuff, their whole program that's dedicated to like I think it's called FPF FPS Boost or something yeah, like that. Right. But basically they're constantly going back into their catalog. They're they're polishing up old titles and they're making sure they run like shiny new ones on the the latest system and stuff. And you know, like Sony doesn't need to get in an arms race with Game Pass, but I think they would be smart to take note of some of these other sort of slightly smaller initiatives like that because uh, we just don't have something like that for PlayStation. It's really missing. It's like you create this great backlog of titles, yes, and you. Be- they've said that they believe in this philosophy of generational gaming and stuff, but yeah, okay, like generational leaps in the technology, but that doesn't mean we throw old titles in the waste bin, which is kind of what it feels like Sony has done 
you know, to a certain extent, yeah. this old stuff. So they need to go back into their catalog. I think they're starting to do this. It sounds like uh, Spartacus is going to address yeah. some of this with the tiered subscription level, so I'm hopeful for that. But this kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. But they really need to go into the catalog. They've got some great titles. They need to bring those out and bring those to light and not just bring them to light with like a bare bones emulation, but really polish this stuff up and be able yeah. to trot it out and say, not only can you play it on PS5, but it runs really well on PS5. And and that's how they can start and, to kind of like maybe, turn the tide on some of the narrative that Microsoft has kind of stolen away from them. Maybe integrate, like, you know, I, I think we, we talked about one of the distinguishing sort of like things here is like you have the DualSense, which is one of like, as far as like the haptics go is like one of the coolest controllers ever, you know? Yeah. And it's like, take advantage of that stuff. Like lean into that. Say like, you know, we're here's, you know, what I'd like to see, you know, the Spartacus sort of like, they talked about that third tier being sort of like the, an emulation retro sort of offering. What I'd like to see them do is just like sort of roll out these, yeah, these, these frame, you know, for the, these frame boosted sort of like super polished, super cleaned up, powered up versions of older games that, you know, have trophy support that have, you know, maybe play with the dual sense a little bit more. Something like give us a high quality sort of remake remaster. Or it and I'm not saying like to the point where not like a Final Fantasy seven remaster kind of thing or a remake thing. But I'm saying like something that's more than just like, hey, here's this and we got it to run and that's, that's it. Concern, though, isn't it <laughs> like what they did with the PlayStation one classic or PlayStation Classic, whatever they called it, you know, and they have like the PAL Mini, yeah. versions of the um, of some of those emulated games or whatever that didn't even work right on. It it, it was all sorts of bad. Like the fear is that they're going to like crank something out. I was like, yeah, we got Metal Gear Solid, but it's but it's a turd. And it's like, well, you, you need to put trophy support in there, Sony, and like make it look a little bit better or you know something. You know, like I would pay me personally, I'd pay a hundred bucks if they put out. A clean version of Metal Gear Solid and it had trophies in it. I would straight up pay a hundred dollars for that. Clean up um, the textures. It's not that hard, you know. Models. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just put in a little bit of effort, you know. And um, your back catalog speaks for itself. Again, just if you just do trophy support in PlayStation One games, that that's that's got a lot of people for, right for there. some people. Yeah, for that's going to be and like. You know, I think Chris Raygun at one point in time from Sacred Symbols said, it's sad that the best way to play the Metal Gear games is on, which is historically a Sony sort of franchise. Like, now granted, it's Konami, but it's like that sort of got its roots in Sony and the PlayStation. He's like, and the best place to play it now is on Xbox. Like, mm -hmm. and so yeah. there's some of that stuff where it's like, reclaim your legacy, reclaim your history. Like, yeah, like they're not because like, here's, here's the other thing. They're not going to be able to compete on a, like Sony is not going to be able to turn out a triple a banger every quarter, like Microsoft is. So there is going to have to be these sort of like, again, like very cultivated, like high level experiences. And I think, I think some of the solution is honestly go into your back catalog, like get this thing to work, clean it up, clean up the, like I I've been playing for, for the book club, Micah, I'm playing the final fantasy nine remake remaster. Um, right. And there's some really cool things like, yes, the, 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 the actual textures on those screens are kind of doo doo, but the character models, they clean those up. They've added some quality of life stuff. There's trophy support. 
And it's like, I'm actually having a lot of fun going back to a game that's like 20 years old and change, maybe. It was like yeah. 99. Yeah. 99, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like guys, like stuff like that is going to go like a long way. And it's like, if something like that was on, if something like that, like you did like one of those every couple of months on that sort of that, you know, that classics thing where it's like, that's, that's a, that's a perceived value. Like that's, I don't know, stuff like that. I'm and, like, well, it's the value to it. I think. Stuff. I think Sony knows that. Like, yeah. I think that's what we're about to get with Spartacus is some form of here's a bunch of old games kind of thing. Um, you know, the, the, the of course, the big question is, well, what are you going to charge for it, Sony? You know, <laughs> is yeah. it going to be a, a reasonable price there? Um, uh, so I, I think we're it's like imminent. I think it's within a month. We're going to find out some something about this, whatever the Spartacus stuff is. I think it's real soon. Yeah, I guess. Um you know, like I said, there's, there's just, there's so much here to sort of like talk about, like, this is a huge thing um, that I, I don't think we're even going to sort of see a lot of the fallout that, that or just like the long range, like it's impossible to, to really accurately predict how this is going to change the market. But I think it, this is definitely like an inflection point. This is a turning point. I was just, you know, I was thinking of something. Um, I was listening again. I was listening to Sacred Symbols, and uh, Dustin brought up the fact that, like, you, you know, Sony or Microsoft has made absolutely no bones about the fact that they really sort of want to press into a digital sort of service. Like they, they, they prefer sort of like Game Pass is online subscription. It's they really want to sort of like lean into that. What if so? And now. You, you know, they basically have the opportunity to, to get one of the best selling franchises of all time. Like, what if all of a sudden, like, they just kind of leverage that and they start looking at retailers and like, we're not going to do this physically. Like, you just look at all the, the Call of Duty bros and you're like, hey, you know what, we're just going to make this digital. You can download it that night. You can play it, you know, at 1201, you know, preloading all that, all that, like the, the sort of like that, that. This is super convenient. This is like all of a sudden it's just like, like they're just like, we're not, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, but like, just imagine like them sort of saying, we're not, we're not doing physical anymore. There's all sorts of kids that like the, the, or all sorts of people that like the one game a year that they buy is the new call of duty or, you know, they get call of duty for Christmas or whatever. And it's just like, even that, like, what if they're just like, we're not doing physical anymore. Like th that has far ranging implications like that. That's going to like screw up retailers. Like that's going to screw up all sorts of stuff like that's like screw up, but it's going to, it's going to radically shift like a lot of things there, like potentially, you know, and again, this is sort of a big fat what if, and what if is not always a useful question, but it's like, it's things like that, that like, there's so many unknowns here that like, this is not just like, you know, Microsoft now has the game that a lot of people like to play on it or the games that a lot of people like to play on it. This is major, like major, major, major. And it's going to have, and I'm, I'm not trying to be like, you know, clutch my pearls or like, I'm not trying to get people to panic. I just want them to sort of recognize that this is significant. And 
um, you know, and I think we, we have to do, you know, I guess what I'm looking at it is like, there are a lot of things here and it's like, but yeah, we're seeing two arguments here or two sort of perspectives. Like, you know, Sony's saying like, this is the way that we think video gaming needs to mo move into the future. And Microsoft is sort of providing an alternate vision. And I think, um, it's just, it's important like for us to be mindful as consumers and to be mindful, like as, as believers specifically, you know, we don't interact with these things in sort of a vacuum. We need to be people of conviction. And that mean we need to be people of discipline and, and people who are thinking ahead. And so it's just like, I guess what, I, what I, what I'm hoping is that the conversation that we had tonight helps people ask questions to ask, like to get them to maybe think about how they interact with the medium and this hobby in general. Um, but you know, you guys have any sort of like parting shots? I know that we we're, we're sort of like I said, we've been landing the plane for a minute. I think uh, he's gesturing to you, Parker. So oh me oh okay. No, I mean I, I'm just excited because um, like I said, I think I think Sony's got a great and interesting philosophy, and I don't think that changes because of the Activision Blizzard acquisition. I think they, if, if anything, maybe lean more heavily into what they know and, and what they trust instinctually to be, to be right. And I'm hoping that in the long term, this just leads to a diversity of games and a quality of games that kind of, you know, really ushers in sort of a golden era for gamers and for gaming, you know, where we're just, I mean, we already kind of are really sort of spoiled for choice right now in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, but I think, you know, we could um, even more so be that way. And I, I really would uh, hate to see, like I said before, um, Microsoft's acquisition turn into a situation where uh, Blizzard becomes the next Bioware. Um, and I think it's really in Microsoft's court to determine like what happens with, with that, um, with that studio and with the properties within that studio and and we'll see but i mean you know when when they first showed footage of halo infinite you know uh right when they were announcing the consoles and people weren't happy with it they said you know what we heard you and they yanked it even though it was going to be sort of a console exclusive for them they were willing to pull it back and tell them get back to working on this thing and they spent another year polishing it up before they brought it out so I think it's interesting to see what Microsoft's going to do. I don't fully trust them, but uh, some of the things they've done have trended in a really solid direction, and so I'm just excited to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Micah? Yeah. Uh, to, to echo and kind of, yeah, I'm going back to some of what I was saying before. Excited to see where competition goes. Um, this is a, this is another blow uh, for, for the Sonys and the Nintendos, I guess. Um, it, you know, uh, I'm just, you know, even like something like I'm thinking of um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance was so like a Switch exclusive, you know, things like that. Like, you know, they Nintendo has some, you know, history there with Activision Blizzard as well. Um, it, it's just it, it's, I think it's going to be ultimately a good thing. It's it's easy to get swept up in the emotions kind of like when you first are processing it. You know, there, there were some a lot of thoughts going around. Um, I think now that we're settling down and kind of sort of seeing, like, OK, um, and just hearing a lot of the different opinions and voices and people's like, well, this is, I think this is good. This is good for this reason. And this is bad for that reason. And it's like, yeah, those are all really valid points. It, it's just fast. I guess what I'm getting at is it's fascinating to me. I, I'm fascinated by just watching all this play out. I, yeah. I love following the industry, of course. And stuff like this is like a juicy morsel just to chew on for a little while. Like, man, what's going to happen here? How's this, this going to play out? This is going to give you months of coverage for the dear listeners newsroom, man. 
Now I don't want to cover the. To be frank, I don't want to cover this topic for months. But it's it's kind of boring as far as like, I want to talk about games. You know, I want to talk about the fun stuff, um, which is why we're talking about you know what could they do with you know World of Warcraft or whatever. Um, that's the fun, exciting part. Um, I think I think if Sony does the right thing here, I mean, I kind of like let's double down on like you know natural acquisitions and not going out and buying Capcom like that. I do not do not want that. I do not want Sony to make any sort of rash moves like that. As long as they stick to their guns, I think they're going to be they're they're going to be okay. Um, you know, if they go out and buy Square Enix, then okay, Microsoft is going to go buy Sega. You know, like just don't don't start that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all, all plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by it all. Um, it, it's not as doom and gloom as I originally thought, like the day of you're seeing like, Whoa, what does this mean? Um, not as doom and gloom as I thought for Sony. Um, they're going to be good. And I, I think it'll, it'll spur them on. I think they're, they're doing some soul searching right now in those boardrooms and those meeting rooms. And they're thinking, all right, sir, all right, you know, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to, you know, and I think they're making some decisions right now. They're going to echo, four, five, six years down the road. Let's yeah. see what Microsoft is doing in their boardrooms. You know, they got strategies, obvious, obviously, um, that they, they have in mind. Let's see what they do. Um, you know, like I said before, like now more than ever, they have the opportunity to really make something happen. So let's see if they can make it a huge impact. Um, you know, and I'm talking about like, not like they've Microsoft has impacted in a lot of ways, the gaming industry, the services, so many, you know, uh, software, all these things. But I'm, I'm kind of talking about like, give me some, some real true Microsoft generated seminal games, you know, that you're producing from the ground up that, that, that have lore and history and, and, and stand the test of time. Start making those games, Microsoft. I'm wanting to see it. And I think they can do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just excited to see where it goes. And, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I guess the 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 thing that I'm I'm going to close on and maybe is more of a question. It's like you know we we talked about sort of briefly the acquisition stuff, and I've heard some people floating around like you know Microsoft needs to acquire Sega, or you know Sony needs to acquire um, you know Square Enix or whatever. And frankly, I I my my thing is like everybody needs to stop buying studios. Period. Like, you know, develop strategic partnerships, like lock down console exclusives, but don't lock down those developers. I mean, I'm not saying never do it. um, But, you know, one of the questions I said, like, honestly, after the Bethesda acquisition, I was like, I was like, I don't think they can buy anybody else. Like, and then, then they're like, oh, watch us. And they're like, you know, (laughs) you were wrong. And, uh, and I just, I'm kind of like, man, like that. that's like the one sort of thing where I'm just like, man, like how far is this thing going to go? And I, I really don't want to see, like, I think, yeah, I, I've sort of like come back from the edge of this, like the, the sort of like the, the, the panic a little bit. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. There's some, this is a pretty significant shakeup. This is a major thing, but like, um, Let's stop trying to, you know, silo off these studios. Like, you, you know what? Like, I know people don't like the, you know, the timed exclusive and like, you know, I've, I've heard, and, and again, I've heard people in the, the Xbox community sort of complain about how like, apparently, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake is just like, it's locked on PlayStation and some people are salty about that. 
And I'm like, well, y- you know, if that's the relationship that I, y- y- and again, it's just like, not everything needs to be everywhere. And I think we need to just sort of, it's like, I, I, I don't know, but I'm just like, at what point do we just say, okay, that's enough. Like you guys need to figure out how to play with your toys now. Like, you know, and that's sort of the one thing is like, I'm kind of waiting with bated breath to really, that's like my one big hope is that like, just like, let's not turn this into an arms race. Like, and I'm I'm actually pretty excited because, you know, even though it's like tough and it's kind of scary and it's kind of like, it's wild and unpredictable, like this has the potential to be one of the most interesting sort of like seasons in, in gaming history. Like, yes, there's going to, there's some major shakeup. Um, but you know, that, that could also yield some really cool changes. We're on the cusp of sort of finding out a lot of cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 like I said, I'm just sort of like, I'm, yeah, I'm not in like panic mode anymore. Uh, sometimes I do just like want to like yell at people through the, the internet and be like, shut up, stop, stop it, stop it. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to thank you guys both for sort of carving out a little bit of time, uh, you know, chewing, chewing on this one and sort of talking about you. I'm uh, well, one, I'm also glad that I finally got you two sort of like together to have a conversation because it's like, you know, I, I, I jokingly told you guys in, in the text thread, like, this is my brain trust. If I want to have like serious conversations about like, you know, far ranging stuff in the markets, uh, you guys are my go tos. And uh, I, I appreciated the conversation and just wanted to say thanks, guys, so much for for the time. So but of course, uh, yeah. hey, to to the listeners, you know, you guys, this has been a not so bite sized bite size. But, you know, thanks for the ride. And uh, you guys know what to do. Like, uh, do the things. We'll catch you later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Excuse me, may I have a moment of your time to talk about the wonder and beauty of tokusatsu? See, tokusatsu is a Japanese word for special effects and usually refers to those super fun TV shows you watched as a kid with those heroes wearing spandex and those giant rubber monsters with cool explosions and awesome transformations. That's so cool. I happen to be a big fan of it and run a podcast about the entire genre. So if you could just, like, I don't know, subscribe and, and take a listen to my episodes, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's called 
Henshin Dad Podcast. And it's it's kind of awesome, or at least my, my mom thinks so, but she still hasn't reviewed it on iTunes yet. Don't. But anyway, thanks for your time. Just just check it out, the Henshin Dad Podcast. It's on Anchor, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, okay, okay, bye!